Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Desk Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We here at the Statesman have something a little bit different for you this week. Jacob and I had a great conversation recording the podcast. We actually got so into it that we ended up going a little bit long. And so instead of cutting down the show to um, a reasonable podcast length, we decided to cut it up into two and come out with the regularly scheduled show on Thursday and then take a big portion of it and push it back till Friday and release it as a bonus episode so that we can get both those conversations in and bring them both to you. So that's what's that's what's coming today and tomorrow. So it is a little bit weird though because the portion of the show that we moved to be released on Friday was kind of right in the middle of our conversation. So we kind of had to uh, work around it a little bit. So there's a little bit of a weird weird cut right right about 21 22 minutes in and you'll hear it but bear with us because it was a great conversation um today we're going to be going over a lot of the women's soccer success that they've seen and then we're getting right into the football game this weekend against new mexico state and so that's going to be a fun one so that's what the show is today make sure you tune in tomorrow to hear about our conversation that we had about basketball as we dive into what this season means and what we need to do this season for basketball. Uh, It's a great conversation. Make sure you're tuning in uh, today and tomorrow for our bonus episode. And thanks again for tuning in. Um, Just one other warning. After we recorded the whole show, which then became two shows, we realized there was something wrong with one of the mics. It's the mic I was on. It was a little bit broken. So bear with me as we tried to as we try to edit through that and make it as good as possible for you guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. With that, we're going to jump right into my conversation with Jacob about uh, women's soccer and men's football coming up. Jacob, how are you? Parker, I'm doing pretty great today. How about you? I'm doing great. It's a good time to be an Aggie. Um, I'm doing fantastic. It's also a good time to be a jazz fan. You're rocking a, this purple-looking jazz hat right now. It is a good time to be a jazz you, fan. You score that at the team store? Is that new? Got it for my birthday, actually. Oh, shoot. That's a good birthday gift. Yeah. Shout out to actually Brian Olson, who's been on the show. You got it for me for my birthday. Oh, that's pretty clutch. Brian, thank you. Oh, I need, I need to step it up as the <laughs> as the, 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 the co-pod man. I didn't get you a birthday gift last week. It's all right. You give me paychecks. Every week, so <laughs> that's perfectly fine. Um, no, yeah, it's a great time to be a sports fan in Utah um, because, yeah, the Jazz are doing great at the professional level, but even at Utah State's level, we have, we've talked a lot about soccer over the the months and they're doing really well basketball is just about to start played an exhibition game football is playing great so it's a great time to be an aggie um let's talk about soccer because they are doing something that is really historic i mean it's amazing what they're able to do and manny martin's what he's done in his first year as a head coach has been uh amazing let's let's talk about them as they've begun um conference play or the conference tournament rather i got two words for you parker yeah ashley car golzo absolutely she's been really really good all year yeah she has seven goals on the season six of them have come from outside the box wow. she just launches yeah and so her latest conquest was colorado state yep. monday morning against yeah i already said that against colorado state quarterfinals of the mountain west tournament they were not at 50th minute she just launched one this one was probably from like 32 yards out like it's like she was kicking a field goal. Yeah, that that's like field goal range. And she just like caught the goalie off guard and just it soared overhead. It was number seven on Sports Center top top ten plays, top which 10. is big time. Which is huge. And they advance to the semifinals, so they're one of the the four teams remaining 
in the in the conference, and if they win the conference tournament, it's the same as basketball. It's an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Yep. Um, so that's amazing. And yeah. That, when was the last time we had a had an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament? I don't know if they've gotten one at least in Mountain West history. I should have yeah, I should have looked that up. I know they haven't had one remotely recently or during the Mountain West era, but um, we've talked about. It. I mean, what they're doing is is absolutely historic. It was funny. I saw on Twitter just a small interaction between Manny Martins. I forget who he was responding to. He was talking about Ashley Cordozo on online, and I can't remember who he was responding to, but somebody basically tweeted out, like, can we keep her around for another year? And he responded and said that he seconds the <laughs> idea um, because she's really good, and I think she's probably a big part of why Manny Martins has been able to come into a team that he, you know, his first year team, uh, to be able to have, have a rock or a, or a staple like Ashley. Um, it's a lot like maybe Justin Bean on the basketball side of things that people are, are more familiar with. Um, having a guy like Justin Bean, who is an anchor, who's been here and can help help the team win in, with a first-year head coach, um, that's kind of the effect that Ashley has had on that team. So she's been really, really good. And like I said, Manny Martin's his first year and just really impressive performance. So the Aggies move on. Who's their opponent? They play in New Mexico, New Mexico. this morning, Thursday morning, 11 a.m. They take on New Mexico. They lost to New Mexico earlier in the season. Okay. They lost – it was an extra time, yep. a, a penalty kick that New Mexico got. So it was on the road, super close loss, so they certainly have a chance. Um, just building off of what you said, I've had a couple of opportunities to speak with Manny Martins, both like journalists like interviewing him, but also just kind of other side conversations with him a little bit. And just such such a great individual, and he's somebody that just you want to just want to play for. He's similar to Ryan Odom in his like kind of his – nonchalantness demeanor. yeah his yeah. demeanor similar but he at the same time he is he's probably harder on his girls and expects more out of them than anybody else he super super nice you can't see that guy getting super upset but at the same time he's like we gotta play better yeah. i i talked to him after the colorado state game and he's like it was great we're moving on fantastic win but those last 20 minutes we regressed in our performance and that's what he talked about was the last 20 minutes of the game, how they almost lost the lead, and he was he was upset about that. So he's somebody that's kind of – he expects success, but more than that, he expects, like, proficiency at a really, really high level, yeah. and I love to see it. I love – because sometimes I feel like with some of the sports at the school, um, like basketball, we want to be great, right? But then yeah. some of the other ones, it's like, oh, yeah, let's just be competitive in the conference and – you know, win a couple of games and yeah. maybe fight for the title. And no, that's not that's not him. He's not content at all with being five and four and two in conference play or being thirteen and five and three overall, which are incredible records. He yep. he wants to make the tournament yeah. and he wants to compete in there. And so that's that's what they're trying to do. And it starts today or it continues today yeah, in the semis. So. A little bit of time travel, because as we're recording this, that game hasn't happened. By the time you hear it, it probably already will have. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think that also speaks to uh, this Utah State Athletic era of John Hartwell that he's been cultivating. His hires are very motivated. We've talked about it before. Like he doesn't have any throwaway hires, right? Quote unquote throwaway hires. Where? Well, he did. Gary Anderson. Okay, that was that was different. But he he doesn't hire anybody for continued mediocrity. He hires people that are going to. Um, either continue success or create success out of a out of a program that maybe historically hasn't been, and that includes 
and maybe it even especially applies to some of these teams that have been forgotten before, namely anything other than football and men's basketball. Um, and Manny Martins is coming in with this attitude of, you know, wanting that constant improvement, even after you win a game, he's not necessarily focusing on the bad, but just focusing on how we can improve. And that's where great teams come from, and that's where great programs come from. So outstanding home run hire by John Hartwell, and I, I, I expect this attitude to continue in other sports. And I expect, like, I really, I really think it's a fun time to be an Aggie um, because I think we're going to have so much to cheer for and so much to root for outside of men's basketball and football. Um, and it's really fun when some of these up-and-coming sports are really good or when some of these sports that people don't pay as much attention to and they should, quite frankly, it's fun when we're good at those sports too. So Manny Martins and his women's soccer team have been really, really good all year. Now they're having an opportunity to prove themselves in the tournament. Last thing I want to bring up about soccer, they also announced the, the all-conference team. Ashley Cardozo, she's first-team all-conference, so everything we're saying was backed up by the Mountain West media. They voted her first-team all-conference. No and then Diara Walton, our goalkeeper, who has had so many big saves this season, she's second-team all-conference, which is impressive for a goalie because – there's only one in each each tier. And then third team all conference or newcomer team, I guess I should say, was Addie Simmons. She's a defender, freshman. So yeah, so postseason accolades from the women's soccer team. So that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move on from soccer. Let's you know, I, I when this airs we'll have another game um, behind us, so hopefully that goes well and we'll have plenty more to talk about uh, moving forward, especially if we can if we continue to win these tournament games. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, Actually, there's one thing I wanted to talk about, Jacob, I wanted to get your uh, insight on. It's not necessarily breaking news, but we haven't had time to talk about it on the show where I had you on, and I didn't want to, you know, I wanted your input, so I wasn't going to talk about it necessarily on a Monday morning show. But a couple weeks ago, it was announced that Matt Wells was fired from Texas Tech University. And Matt Wells, obviously, is Utah State alumni. He's someone that I never stopped rooting for, even though he did leave the leave Utah State. He did so in, I think, one of the best ways you possibly can. Um, he never, like one coach maybe that we will not name recently did, he never promised that he was going to stay here and then sign a contract with the school down the road hours later. He was very open about answering the phone if somebody calls. And I, I think the way he, what he did when he was here and the way he left, it never left a bad taste in my mouth. I always rooted for the guy. So I was a little bit bummed when I saw he was fired. Jacob, what were your, what were your thoughts when that, when that all kind of happened? Because... I, I wasn't surprised, but like I said, I was kind of bummed out. Well, let me regale you with the story, Parker. Um, in 2019, I was a student here. Actually, I take that back. I had just gotten back from my mission in okay. 2019. So fall 2019, I was not in school. Um, I hadn't started doing the journalism yet. I went down to Texas to College Station with my uncle and my dad to go to a Texas a football game. Because from, right? from, from Dallas right. slash Tyler, grew up there for... A stretch of my childhood, but A&M fan to an extent, and so we went to a game against Auburn. The night before, we were at a barbecue place in College Station, and Matt Wells walks in to the barbecue joint, wow. and I'm like, wait, what? It's middle of the football season. This is first year head coach Matt Wells, Texas Tech. Lubbock's like a 12-hour drive from College Station. Like, it's not close. It's not like he was stopping in for a bite to eat on his way home from the office. Yeah. He was on a recruiting trip because Texas Tech had a bye, so he was in College Station on a recruiting trip. And so I went up and I talked to him, and I was wearing A&M stuff at the time, right? So I was like, I'm a Utah State student. And then he, that threw him off. He's like, what are you doing here? But 
I had, this is a dude that gets paid $3 million a year just chilling in a barbecue joint. And I walked up to him and I said, yeah, I go to Utah State. And his face completely lit up. And he was so stoked to see me. And we had an awesome conversation for like 10 minutes. And I took a photo with him. And it was, it was easy. Like, I, I didn't feel like I was intruding on him. It was an awesome experience. So yeah, he's, I'm a fan of Matt Wells. That's a cool really guy. great I never, dude. I never heard that. Yeah, so that was cool. Solid I'm bummed that he got fired. I Expectations, it's a hard job in Texas Tech in Lubbock because you're in Lubbock, you're in the desert, but you're still Texas, you're still Big 12, so they still you have expect. You high, high standards, but you're not yeah. the Longhorns, you're not. The team that can easily recruit. He had a tough job. So he had a tough job, and um, I don't know. He definitely didn't have the greatest performance. I think it's, I think it sucks whenever you fire a coach in the middle of the season. I agree. I don't think that's very dignified, and I don't know if it helps your team or your players at all. It's more of somebody else trying to save their own job. Yeah. Someone else trying to just pass the buck is when you see assistants or head coaches fired in the middle of the season. Yeah. I think that's what's happening. What are what are some more of your thoughts on uh, on Wells being canned? Um, so I just I just want to reiterate what you were saying. Wells is an absolute stand up guy. He's a great guy. I also happen to know that he even after leaving Utah State and coaching for Texas Tech, he remained a donor to the Utah State program, a very high level donor. You know, I, I don't want to reveal too much, but he did continue to donate a lot of money to the university. Um, he's just he's just one of those guys that I think. He's always been an Aggie. He always will be an Aggie, but he just kind of, at the time, it seemed, was outgrowing Utah State in the Mountain West and had to take an opportunity that no one could fault him for taking. Um, I think him being fired was a little bit unfair. He had his first year, COVID year, and then, you know, he's only halfway through this year. I think a lot of te- I think teams tend to fire head coaches a little bit too early. I think if you look at Kalani Sataki, I hate to use BYU as a positive example, um, but they have used they, they have stuck with Kalani Sataki. They hired him. He went through some bad years. They stuck with it, and it's paying dividends now. Um, I think if Matt Wells were given a couple more years at Texas Tech, he probably would have had success. Um, and it's hard to wonder what would have happened if he would have stayed. You can't fault him for leaving. Um, but it just made me wonder. I think there's a bigger conversation to have here, and... I know that college coaches are just built different. They're competitive animals. But I think there's a bigger conversation as to what is the success rate from G5 coaches that jump to P5, you know, um, uh, that jump to P5 teams. Matt Wells had a really secure job in Logan. He wasn't going to get fired if he missed a bowl once in a while, you know. So it just I think I think it opens up a bigger conversation as to why do these coaches keep doing this when – we see failure after failure after failure. Like, what do you think? What do you think continues to drive that? I mean, besides the obvious answer of money, like. Well, that I mean, that is the answer. Yeah, I mean, is there anything else at play? Well, I mean, that's the answer, and here's why that's the answer. Um, he's getting paid to get paid a million dollars to coach and live in Cache Valley is phenomenal, right? And that is generational money potentially. But he goes to Lubbock, and they're paying him. I think it was three million dollars a year, maybe four million dollars a year. Yeah. His payout, his buyout, is seven million dollars. Yeah. So it 100% is about the money, but it's not, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily uh, completely a selfish thing, like, oh, I just want to get 7 million bucks and be rich and build my giant mansion. But in the coaching carousel, it's brutal from both sides, right? 
Like it's you can up and leave a place and just leave your players behind. But if you perform bad, you can get fired. And maybe that wasn't his. It is he, a he was pretty safe in Logan. But looking at the grand scheme of things, like the coaching carousel is so ruthless that when you have those opportunities to really make a bag of money that could set your family for a generation. Literally life-changing. Yeah, like you take that. And so I think that, and also for him, the idea to be playing, coaching the Big 12 and coach instead of you're coaching against Colorado State and Boise State, you're coaching against OU and Texas and Oklahoma State. That's also, that's that's just like a another experience that doesn't come around very often. So, yeah, I don't blame – it makes a lot of sense to me why he left in the first place. Me too. I never yeah. questioned that. Decision. For sure. I just I, – I, I wonder if we'll ever see a day where coaches get more comfortable and decide to keep their jobs rather than, than take bigger jobs. But like you said, at the end of the day, I think we can talk all we want about how secure his job was at Utah State. I don't think there's a coach in the country whose job is so secure that they're not three bad seasons away from being in the hot seat, right? If Nick Saban were to have three losing seasons in a row, you know people are calling for his job, and he's probably in the hot seat. So I think every every head coach is three bad seasons away, and if you're going to have three bad seasons, you may as well get paid $3 million per year instead of $1 million. Yeah. So I just I just wonder if, if we're ever going to see that dynamic change or if, if – these G5 schools can start paying a little bit more or if something can happen there. It's just it's just interesting that when something like this happens. I think we're also going to see a fun little coaching carousel with um, former Utah State coming up. Uh, Jacob, earlier this week, texted me about a familiar name, Dave Aranda, who's currently the head coach at Baylor. Um, he might be up for a promotion. There's an LSU opening, things like that. Um, Todd Orlando at USC. He's the defensive coordinator there. He was the defensive coordinator here um, back in the first Gary Anderson stint. USC is without a coach. So it's going to be interesting to see if a new head coach comes in and cans him or what happens. So a lot of former Utah State coaches uh, probably moving around this offseason. Speaking of football, we do have a game coming up this week against New Mexico State, the Aggies, not San Jose, as I uh, had mistakenly said on the Monday morning show. About halfway through the show, I realized I had the schedule wrong. We play New Mexico State. I was a little ahead of myself, and I actually kind of got called out. Somebody texted me and, and was like, hey, you kind of forgot about the uh, – you kind of overlooked the New Mexico State game. I hope the players don't do that. <laughs> and I do agree. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they are very aware of where they're supposed to be this weekend, and I hope they can take care of business. That being said, we're probably going to overlook that game again. We just have so much basketball stuff to talk about. Um, and we've kind of joked about this game all year where if we have to lose a game, like, please let it be this one. It's not a conference game. It's almost like a frustrating at a conference game. Um, Jacob Nielsen is in the press conference. It's a little bit frustrating. Jacob, you want to go into that real quick, and then we'll probably move on and focus more on hoops. Sure. Um, and like I said, sort of overlook this game. We'll circle back and talk about it, but we'll focus more on hoops. Today. Yeah, well, I'll just drop a quote from the press conference. Yeah. I will say Blake Anderson – um, very personal guy, great dude, but he definitely has the coach speak. Like, he's yeah. got it down to a T. So anything you ask, he'll twist it into what he wants to say. But <laughs> this is what he said in his op- open press introductory about New Mexico State. Quote, not all that useful to have a non-conference game this late in the season. It's a challenge that it's a road game in a place that doesn't typically have great attendance, not easy to get to, very frustrating style of offense, end quote. So everything he said 
was negative. He wasn't like, this is a great opportunity against a great program. He said, doesn't help us. Not a good environment. He elaborated. He said, you got to fly into El Paso to get to Las Cruces. So you fly into El Paso. I think it's, I don't know what, it's probably like an hour drive. Just go, just play Utah. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, they're not good. They're what, one in seven, one in six. And one in something. Yeah. They're independent and you just, it's just going to be a long weekend. Independent in a very different way than Notre Dame is independent. I'm independent. They're more like homeless is yeah, the reality. That's a better way to put it. They're I homeless. Think, yeah. yeah. So when a coach goes full negative, you know it's really bad. <laughs> coaches, especially coaches like Blake Anderson, who's a, a coach's coach and a professional's professional, he will always make something sound at least somewhat positive, but he's like, no, this, there's no reason to play this game. And so when he's like, when he's he did, saying, he did wrap it up, but he, I'm, I'm sure he wrapped it up with but he said what he said. It, Everything yeah. I said is what he said first. When he says, oh, there's no reason to play this game. What he really means is like, if I had the opportunity right now, I would just not go like that. That is really silly. It's a frustrating scheduling conflict. Like New Mexico State at this point, they've played so many Mountain West teams. They're playing them late in the year. They probably just think they're in the Mountain West at this point, and they're not. So we have no reason to play them this late. Um, but we'll talk about that game a little bit more later on. But it is it is kind of it's an it's an odd scheduling thing that we have in this late in the year. Um, and like like I've said, it's not a conference game. We've talked about it all year. If we have to lose a game, you know, all, all the jokes, you know, all that. Um, but in all reality, it's it's a game that we. It's just weird that we're playing it. We'll talk about it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do some hoops first. We'll we'll talk about it. But at the end of the day, it's just a weirdly unimportant game that still has. It's it, there's a lot of weight to it, but it, it's weird. We'll talk about it. But I do want to talk about basketball first, and let's let's kind of focus on that because we are so close to basketball, and we might not have very many opportunities to talk about basketball if football continues to win because we'll be talking about conference championships and bowl games we do have a football game this week we overlooked it hopefully the football team isn't let's just talk briefly about that football game because you know honestly we've already said just about everything i wanted to at the top of the show when we were talking about how we're gonna come back to the football game at the end of the day it's not a it's not a game that really matters um it's frustrating that we're playing an out-of-conference game, and, and frankly, it's a team against an inferior opponent. It's a game against an inferior opponent that we should win. Um, so do you have any insights on that for us, Jacob, or should we just look uh, at a little bit of some bigger picture stuff and, and uh, move on to the conference schedule? Yeah, I mean, I think the offense needs to just put up a lot of points in the first half, and hopefully it's going to be a game where they bring their juiced up and they bring their starters and they really get after it. New Mexico State has been slightly competitive against some Mountain West teams this year, so it's not like they're playing an FCS school. But at the same time, you would hope that they can build enough, build a lead in the first half. So the second half, guys, especially particularly on the, on the defense and the defensive line, gives them some rest. Gives them some rest. I know there's a couple of guys that probably aren't going to play this week that we saw against Hawaii. Um but yeah, they need it, and so hey, let's go out there and try to build a first half lead so you can kind of pull the plug and rest people. That's that would be my goal if I was this coaching staff. They've been doing that better. Their first half improvement has improved greatly. Uh, yes, 
particularly in these past two games uh, against Hawaii. Notably, they scored 14-0 in the first quarter. First time anything like that has ever happened. Uh, Logan Bonner hasn't thrown a first quarter interception for the first time all season against Hawaii. Um, should have had one probably in the second quarter. We talked about that. It's not, you know, moving on. He didn't. He didn't throw an interception. End of story. Um, so I think the offense is getting better. Speaking of the offense, DT major milestone. Uh, by halftime in the Hawaii game, he had a thousand yards on the season. Um, let's just highlight that real quick, and then, um, and then that's I kind of emptied my clip on on football. We'll talk some big picture stuff, and uh, and then we'll go over the tournament or the conference schedule. Yeah, let's just bring up DT really quick. Um, yeah, he eclipsed the 1,000-yard uh, reception mark at the end of the second half or at the end of the first half against Hawaii um, with that great – he was double-team coverage. He jumped up, caught the ball on the high point. It was Peasley's throw. It's just amazing what he can do at his size. But right now he's at 1,099 re- reception yards on the season, which is number two in the country behind Jareth Stearns of Western Kentucky. So – He's one of the best receivers in the nation, and he's on track to have the the record for the most reception yards in a single season in Utah State history. He's currently behind Kevin Curtis, great receiver in the early 2000s for the Aggies. Kevin Curtis in 2001, one of the great Aggie receivers, he had 1,531 reception yards. And Devin Tompkins, with four games remaining, the bowl game, maybe even a conference championship game, He's well on pace to beat that record if he keeps it up. So, yeah, this is a historical thing that we really should be keeping pretty close eye on as the season progresses. And one of the big reasons why the New Mexico State game matters is let's go see what DT can do against these guys. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, in the first half, at least, and then hopefully in the second half, we get Ben Lewin in there and Jordan Nathan back in there and just give, give guys reps, give other guys rest. Um, DT is a phenomenal athlete. Um, he got a lot of those yards early on in the season, and I think it's because Logan Bonner, as he was still settling into the offense, he was just the guy you could trust. He's just that guy. He's just so athletic. When in doubt, throw the ball to DT. Logan Bonner's kind of getting more settled in, finding other guys a little bit more often, um, still utilizing DT at a high level, but his early season usage, I think, just shows how much you can just trust the guy. And, you know, you just put the ball in the air and he'll go get it. So he's a phenomenal athlete. We'll keep an eye on that situation. He's... He's been so fun to watch. I hope people are appreciating that. Well, one last thing is it also shows DT is getting better because his usage rate isn't quite as high, but he's still, still getting, getting yards. yards. He had 176 yards against Hawaii, so he's he's catching every ball that goes to him. He's getting yards after the catch. And, yeah, so, I mean, and he, they're in That's tighter coverage. Double they're double covering, and they're still throwing it to him. So, yeah, incredible what he's doing. Yeah. All right, so the college football playoff came out. It's not super relevant for Utah State. I don't want to really go over it. If you want to go look at the college football playoff rankings, you can do that on your own. We'll just say it's a joke. We'll just say it's a joke. I did get this text, though, and I want to read it word for word. Okay. Um, I got it a couple days ago, and here's what it says. Here's a thought. If, capital I, capital F, if we beat New Mexico State, New Mexico, San Jose State, and Wyoming, if we went out, play and beat Fresno in the Mountain West Championship, these are numbered. One, two, number three, Cincinnati wins out and plays in the college football playoff. Do we make a New Year's Six? And at the time, well, what, what's your thought on that? And then I'll, I'll give I'll give my kind of reaction as well. I want to get your reaction without me spoiling it by talking. I will just say my perspective changed. That was uh, that text came in before the rankings came out. My tune has changed a little bit from now until then. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, uh, one, Cincinnati's probably not going to be in the playoff. They're not going to let them in, even though they deserve it. But two, it's who's the highest G5 ranked team going to be. And the, the, the highest ranked G5 teams after Cincinnati, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have it pulled up, are San Diego State and Fresno State. In, are there, in reverse order, but that's exactly right. Right. And so exactly right. I'm. BYU doesn't count. Yeah. So if, if a guaranteed G5 team is guaranteed in your six bowl, um, the, then I. Theoretically, if Cincinnati were to make it, Utah State beats a ranked team in the championship game, could they be the highest ranked team? Potentially. I I don't know if it's a good it, – yeah. it's fun to speculate. It's, it's fun to speculate, but it, I, I wouldn't – It feels, like, wouldn't a, it. It feels like a Coastal Carolina or another AAC team would step up and get it before yeah. the Aggies just because they have two losses. But So that was my first thought is, like, Coastal Carolina – and SMU would be involved somehow. Um, first of all, Cincinnati would have to win out. I don't know what the committee wants Cincinnati to do that they haven't already done. Since he should probably be in the playoff. They're number two in the, in the nation right now. Um, but I think this is where the eye test probably hurts Utah State, winning all those games so closely um, probably hurts. And I just don't know if that's on the schedule. My first thought, though, was just absolutely no. I mean, and then the rankings came out, and... There is a path. I mean, technically, there's a path. Fresno would have to win out. It would it would have been a lot better if Fresno hadn't lost to Hawaii, if Fresno was undefeated right now, and then we played in Fresno in the Mountain West Championship game and won that game. If that had happened, then maybe. Um, even still, I mean, if we beat Fresno, could we jump them in the rankings? I mean, that I guess right now, if Cincy gets in, Fresno's the team to beat unless... Coastal or SMU or anybody else sneaks in. Um, I mean, another team that's on a feud right now. They're not ranked, which is an also just horrendous. Yeah. But UTSA. Or UTSA. Yeah. Yep. Um, I just looked it up. Your point might be moot because um, the an automatic G five. If Cincinnati makes the playoff, that still, I'm one from what I read here. That counts as the G5's bid. Like there won't be any other G5 in the in, in the New Year's Six if Cincinnati makes the playoffs. Like so, so that'll just count. Anyways, yeah, so it might not matter. But and quite frankly, I don't know that we even care for a New Year's Six bowl. I mean, that's not my goal. I mean, I, I'm not going to be disappointed if we're not playing on New Year's. Yeah, it, it's a fun thing. It it's was a fun, fun thing, thing to speculate. speculate yeah. I think there's a path there. It's a slim path. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's. There's a, there's a small chance they're going to let that happen. I don't think Utah State's going to be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. I think, I think there's a lot of great bowls that we could play in. There's a lot, a lot of great bowls that were um, with great opponents that we already have an opportunity to play in. And I think at this point we're already bowl eligible. We're going to be playing in a bowl. And I think no matter what's going to happen, it's, it's already been a great season. It's going to be a good bowl. Um, and my, my biggest focus right now and my biggest hope is that we find a way to get in that Mountain West Championship game. Hosting it would be out of this world amazing, but even if it's in, as it looks like right now, we'll be in California, either in uh, Northern California up in Fresno or down in San Diego. Just playing in that game will be amazing if we can get there. So with that said, I think we, uh, I think let's just go over the Mountain West Conference schedule for the weekend real quick. Um, Utah State's actually not the only team playing at a conference game. Air Force playing Army, which that game, even though it's out of conference, matters so much more to those guys than our out of conference game. So that one kind of makes sense. It feels more like a conference game. Going for the 
Commander-in-Chief Trophy there. Uh, Colorado State plays Wyoming. That'll be a fun one. Um, Utah State, New Mexico State. Boise State playing ranked Fresno State. UNLV playing New Mexico. San Jose State at Nevada. And then our other ranked team, now that rankings, kind of the default has jumped over to college football playoff, the other ranked team, San Diego State, playing at Hawaii. That'll be an interesting one. Um, Jacob, thoughts on any of those games? Um, the, I mean, the Fresno-Boise game is big. If Boise gets another loss, then Utah State could lose again and still win the Mountain Division. Right. right? right. So if, if Boise loses again, it's like, oh, my goodness, like this is going to happen. Um, I think the Air Force... Army game is really exciting because yeah. Air Force has had a really good season and them doing good helps us because we beat them. Um, but also just that's a really great opportunity. They beat Navy, so if they beat Army, then they got it. They're the best of the of the, of the teams in the in the military little right. triangle there. So um, that, that one is going to be on CBS. And honestly, it doesn't have conference implications, but I maybe I'm just a, an old school sucker. I, I, like, I get into those. I love that. So I that's probably my most I'm most excited for that one. I was one. gonna say the same thing. That was gonna be my must watch for you. Yeah. But so uniforms well, I'll go I'll go Boise Fresno then. Okay, that's I'll fine. go Boise Fresno. I'll, I'll go Army Air Force. Yeah, the, but, the uniforms are great. They all, it's a fun yeah. game. So But yeah, um yeah, Boise Fresno, that one's huge. If Boise wins, it's not only good for us because it gives us more breathing room, it's also just good. We want the top teams in the Mountain West now to win out, basically. Um, just to make us look better. We don't want Fresno to lose again. Um I mean, them, them losing again would be nice if we are looking to host the Mountain West Championship game. But at this point, we'd rather the good teams be good. San Diego, same thing. At Hawaii, it's a tough game just because it's in Hawaii. Hopefully, they can pull that one off, too. Um, and then hopefully Utah State wins. If Utah State wins, all, um, that's all that really matters. The, you know, we were alone at the, top, at the top of the division, so that's all we really need. But hopefully, uh, Fresno can get it done against Boise as well. It should be good for the conference, good for Utah State. Yeah, should be a should be a good week. Be a good week. Another day, another grind. And at this point, soccer is continuing with their tournament, uh, so continue that. One last note that I will leave you with: this, I I don't have anything else unless unless Jacob has something. I have nothing else. Aaron Rodgers is out with COVID. Jordan Love will be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers this week. That's definitely something to watch. So if you're not doing anything on a Sunday afternoon after you've watched all this Mountain West football. Make sure you're tuning into that because our boy Jordan Love will be the starter, and I expect big things. Parker will have the recap on that in the Monday morning podcast we'll, next week. We'll talk about that for sure, uh, as well as the Utah State-New Mexico State game. We'll talk about everything else going on in the conference, so make sure you tune in on Monday. Uh, thanks for listening, and go Aggies.